Welcome to the Digital Marketing Insights Podcast, brought to you by Brightside Digital. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, I'm delighted to say we have Hazel Hazel Breen with us, a freelance marketing consultant and communications and information officer at Migraine Islands. Hazel, how are you doing today? Great, Tom. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. Hazel, we start off the show the same as always. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, of course. So I suppose I started off in graphic design and web design in the lighting industry, and I kind of fell into marketing during the recession because I created my own um, fashion and accessories business and realized it was doing quite well on social media and thought, oh, maybe maybe this is something that I might be good at. And obviously I was doing the graphic and web design anyway. And in the lighting industry, in the lighting company I was working for at the time, I was there um, for 13 years overall. I started working, do, helping them with their marketing in the showrooms. Um, so I created a digital marketing strategy because I felt that we were really lacking on the digital side. You know, our website was terrible at the time. We weren't doing much with social media. So we were really kind of losing out on all the benefits from digital marketing. And I had been learning, trying to learn all that stuff myself online. So I approached the managing director with a digital marketing strategy. And he said that he was pitched pretty much the same thing by a marketing agency, a well-renowned one in Dublin. So he gave me the chance, took me off reception and made me marketing manager for the lighting showrooms. After that, I did an executive strategic digital marketing course and moved into the two brands of the company as an executive and which was great like I did a a couple of different roles there like communications executive and a visual communications executive but I got to work on B2B and B2C so it was really interesting then after that I decided I had to jump ship as I'd been there so long and you know I'd, I'd learned a lot in there and I got a lot of education working in that company but I needed to move on so I moved into the transport industry which was really interesting and now by no means was it um, a popular choice. I, I didn't, <laughs> half the time I wouldn't tell people where I worked. And I'm only joking. No, it's, <laughs> it's for um, the, the tolls in Ireland. But listen, you know, we didn't market it that people are, you know, happy to pay the toll by any means. Everyone knows no one really likes paying a toll. It's something that has to be done. But it was a really interesting job to take on because they were one of the busiest traffic websites and apps in Ireland and I just knew I'd learn a lot so I started there as a digital marketing specialist and then I got promoted to marketing communications manager a year later so that was a really interesting role I learned a lot and after that I wanted to move on and do my own thing I said that I'd only stay there two years because I'd sat in the lighting company for so long um, and once I got my mortgage, I wanted to create my own agency, which I started up Addicted to Marketing IRL last year. And I also got a part time job while I'm creating that and building the business um, in Migraine Ireland. But to be honest, I actually love working in Migraine Ireland. I'm only working there part time and then doing two days working for myself. So that's pretty much me up to date. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> And obviously, you have loads of different aspects of digital uh, in your past. But what would you see as your main strength in digital at the moment? I'd say my main strength, it's, you know, it's, I suppose it's a broad one, but I'd say user experience, because I feel like user experience bleeds into everything we do as digital marketers. You know, it's, it's all about the customer at the end of the day, whether that's, you know, 
if that's nonprofit, if it's a patient, if it's a client, if it's a, you know, your everyday customer buying something online, it's just, it all comes down to creating, for example, you know, a really strategic, comprehensive strategy that helps improve the customer experience. It could be concise communication, snappy, engaging content that just gives them what they want, what they need to see, when they need to see it, great advertising, asset design, you know, to win a proposal. I think it all comes down to user experience. It's just really so important. And it always brings me back to that book, a book that I read years ago when I was in my phase of before I'd actually studied digital marketing and trying to learn everything off YouTube and through books. Um, I read a book on user experience from Steve Krug and it's called Don't Make Me Think. And, you know, I don't, <laughs> there's not too much to expand on from that title because it's very common sense, but it's just that's what everyone wants to do. When you land on a website, whether you're buying like say if I was going to buy a dress, I don't want to have to think where I have to go. It's the same with anything. If you see a social media post, if you're looking for something on Google, the SEO should be rich enough that you can find it. And that's where, you know, you're the top of your game in digital marketing if you're providing that. Yeah, really well said. And uh, looking at your career today, the one thing that really jumped out at me was the book you've written, The Teenager's Book of Life. Um, can you tell our audience a little bit about how you went about creating that book and then publishing it and then the marketing side of it as well? Yeah, of course. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to skip by that. I was just trying to make the intro a bit faster. But um, yeah, so I I actually illustrate the book. I was approached, I actually approached Tony Griffin, the author, when I was starting Addicted to Marketing. He just came up on my Instagram as a suggested follow, but he used to always come in and do workshops and he's a great speaker, a great um, communicator because he had a charity called SOAR Foundation, which was for teenagers. But he, you know, he, he just get asked by a lot of corporates to come in and speak. So I met him through the lighting company that I work for, Robus, and I was just fascinated by him. I was like, it'd be great to work with him. He's just so positive. So, you know, so inspiring, really. And I seen that. I went onto his page on Instagram to see, you know, just to see what he was up to and went to click onto his website and seeing that it was under construction. <laughs> so I took advantage of that opportunity and just reached out to him and said, you know, I don't know whether you're in the process of a website build, but if you need someone to help build your website, you know, I'd be happy to chat to you. So we met up and he's like, oh, I do remember your face. And we actually wrote a website, TonyGriffin.ie, or say built a website for his writing because that's what he wanted to get back into. He stepped down as CEO from the Teenagers Charity to write and he told me that he was thinking about writing a book and I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. And then he came to me one day and said, Hazel, I'm going to write a book for teenagers um, that, you know, is modern and is in the day and age that they're living in. So he asked me, would I illustrate the book? And even though art has always been my my first love, I, I've drawn like I've drawn like I drew since I was able to pick up a pencil as a kid. You know, I went to do art in college, costume design before I got into digital marketing, marketing or graphics. So when he'd asked me that, I was like, I, you know, I was like delighted. It was during it was during COVID. It was during lockdowns. It was really something great to sink my teeth into and distract from everything that was going on in the world. And um, so I was very lucky in that sense, but. I hadn't drawn like that in a long time, you know, so it was probably the hardest thing I ever did. But there were so many illustrations and I, I just I just said I have to get these right because at the end of the day, this is this is going to be trying to change teenagers lives. So I can't 
you know, I can't do anything but my best here. So it was really, it was a really great project to work on. And, you know, as we worked on it together, you know, right down to wearing masks um, in a living room, trying to piece the book and the illustrations and the quotes together because there's exercises, illustrations, quotes. There's so much. It's a very interactive book and a dynamic book. Um, so and then we sent it off to print. This was all through COVID and um, the first year of COVID. And then he asked me to help with the digital marketing because there actually wasn't anyone doing digital marketing in Ireland. We couldn't find a PR agency that was doing it for book publishing, which, you know, I suppose is kind of strange. But we said, well, listen, let's build a, a great digital marketing strategy ourselves. Leave no stone unturned. And within the first year, within the first 10 months, actually, it became a bestseller in Ireland, which we were absolutely delighted with. And the feedback we got is absolutely amazing. So it's just been a lovely project to work on and we're still working on it. I'm sure loads of people listening, you've piqued their interest in hearing that there's not many digital marketing book publishers in Ireland. So uh, just in that gap there from, mm. I suppose, how did both of you go about getting the book published? And the second part is what were the, the foundations you put in place? Because technically starting a book and advertising a book it's quite different to a business that sells something or a website or something like that. So it's interesting to hear the digital marketing strategy from that side. Oh, yeah. And like that, I suppose when something's already established, you know yourself, it's a bit easier. Yeah, you have that kind of brand trust. Um, you know, you have that retention as well to kick off with. But I, I love taking something from scratch when, you know, and trying to get it off the ground. Like that's probably my favorite thing to do. So I suppose we started with, we didn't, as I must mention as well, like it, it was a shoestring budget that we had. We didn't really have a marketing budget. At times we had, you know, a few quid to put here and there for some ads, but it was really low. So most of that was organic. So we really had to kind of pull out all the strings. So we built, you know, a really comprehensive digital strategy. I ran it by Tony, obviously we worked through it together. Agreed that because Tony's such a great communicator, because he's, he's had a fascinating lifestyle, um, himself you know he's he had a book before called screaming at the sky because he cycled across canada to raise money for cancer um he used to be an ex-irish hurler so you know he's a lot to talk about he's he's known in the sports i suppose industry in ireland you know anyway yeah. and through a lot of other corporates and through schools so we said we have to get this out to press we have to get on irish tv we have to get on the best radio stations we have to get in the best irish publications for wide reach um i explained to tony i know you probably don't understand it yet like, like a lot of businesses they don't understand you know yourself it's you have to really try and explain to someone the benefits of what they're going to see down the line i said all the branding has to be consistent we, you know the social media has to be consistent it has to look like the book has jumped off the page into the social media we have to keep those people engaged because those people especially with a book like that people with teenagers um, grandparents with teenagers in their lives, you know, myself with teenagers in my life as nieces and nephews, that's word of mouth and that's the best form of advertising. So the website had to be crisp, clear. We wanted to also, you know, we did evolve the website after a year. So we built a really nice, dynamic, colourful website that was engaging to the decision maker and the teenager because more than likely a teenager might be not spending their few quid on buying this book, but it might be their mom, dad, auntie, uncle or grandparent. Then 
made sure the SEO was really rich because it was such a niche thing in Ireland. Like, you know, we did a lot of research on books for teenagers and there was nothing like this book. It really is one of a kind. I can, you know, I can put my hands on heart. The writing in it is unbelievable. Tony just knows. And a lot of feedback that we got from teenagers is that Tony knows how to speak to us. Um, you know, we taught it be the same crap that you, you learn in school, things like that. You know, it's really modern. But those things were so powerful for testimonials and to promote the book as well. So we tried to get as many teenage testimonials, parent testimonials, um, teachers and carers of teenagers testimonials. And we used that for social media content as well. We did, you know, competitions, made up a little Christmas campaign that you know there was a little the teenagers book of life the actual book with a Santa hat on was running around trying to get under everyone's Christmas tree <laughs> you know everyone likes a funny campaign so there was just a lot put into it digitally and then a lot of PR that we did we had someone helping us with the PR distributing the press to his contacts Tony got on Irish Irish TV, Ireland AM. He got on to the Jen Zamparelli show a couple of times, Ray Darcy show, got a loads of publications. I sent, while that was going on, trying to get into the public, I'd send them out to a lot of local newspapers just to gain more coverage. So there was a big mixed bag and then a big piece of it as well to help us be able to do that was creating funding proposals to send to people so that we might be able to, you know, buy more books or spend a bit of advertising coming up to Christmas on the book. Yeah. So that's where asset design, I think is, I think asset design is the next big thing. Um, not that it hasn't always been there, but if you're showing a, like no one, everyone is used to seeing really cool things these days, you know, and everyone's used to seeing so much content flooded at them. You have to stand out. If you're pitching something to someone, whether it's a PDF proposal or it's a presentation slides, it has to be, it has to look great. It has to be designed very well. It has to be very concise. The layout has to be amazing. So all those things make it, again, the user experience, that person reading that, want to read it, pre-meeting, scan through it, be able to scan through it and be able to go, right, I see what they're talking about. Yes, you know. So all those things combined just made a great recipe for success, I suppose. And Tony actually talking about the book, being the voice behind the book really helped everything yeah and it's just a really interesting campaign and anyone listening mm -hmm. definitely suggest checking the book out and the campaign behind it and hazel obviously you mentioned at the beginning of that your own instagram addicted to marketing girl um where it's it looks like a creative page where it's where you put illustrations and inspiration and bits of work uh, mm -hmm. can you tell everyone listening a little bit about your page and, and what you do there yeah, no, thanks, Tom. I So it's on Instagram at the moment, Addicted to Marketing IRL. It looks like girl because <laughs> it bleeds into each other. Um, unfortunately, Addicted to Marketing on its own wasn't available. But yeah, no, my Instagram is the main place to go for that for now. I've only started really building that the last while because I've been so busy with other clients, which has been great. But I'm taking that bit of downtime for myself now. I'm not taking on any extra work because I've been working with a lot of charities outside of the charity that I work for and like that on the book. So it's been great. So I just, I'm, I'm going to actually build my website. I, I'm in the process of building my own website now while I have the time. It's always what they say about marketers. Everyone else's website looks amazing by our own. So I, I don't want that to be the case. So I will have a website soon and I'll have all my work throughout the years and projects worked on. Um, yeah, so at the moment it's just, yeah, like I said, it's a mix of, I'm, 
illustrations, design, project management, um, web design, just tips and tricks as well when I have a chance to put them up. But, I, you know, I am going to grow that over time and it'd be beneficial for people visiting then as well. They can get something off it even for marketers themselves. Brilliant. And uh, to talk about your kind of operating days, is there any softwares uh, that you use to help you with your work? Yeah, so I suppose it's a bit of a mixed bag because I've worked in a few different industries. Um, I was just trying to think what would be most beneficial. But, you know, there's a lot of people, I'm sure, on your podcast listening to different or from different industries. So I think that for the likes of holding, you know, a really large event, I used to work with a great place called MediaWorks in Dublin, a great agency. They're huge. All the staff are amazing um, because I have worked on shoestring budgets, but then I've worked on budgets up to a million euros. So when you have that luxury of having agencies as well, <laughs> but they, they held great events pre-COVID um, and they had, I actually had to look this up, but it's called Mentimeter. I'll send you that so you can pop a link in, but it basically lets your audience be interactive while the event is going on. So obviously they were talking about, you know, between, say, TV, radio, print and social, um, you know, the trends in each month of, say, that particular year, which I think was 2020 um, or 2019 maybe. But people can click through the app and, like, they can vote as such on loads of different things. So it brings up that graph live, which I thought was really interesting. So for anyone who's running live events and really want to make them dynamic, I think that's a great tool. There's also Powtoon, which is a very handy video video creation tool, more so like to create an illustrated video, but you can add your audio, um, which is brilliant for, you know, you need agencies, you always need agencies to do the really, I suppose, you know, the creme de la creme videos that, you you know, the big camp, the, 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 I suppose the main part of your campaign for, for the little explainer videos that you might just need to throw on social media or your YouTube channel for your brand. This is brilliant. You can just drag and drop, create, um, you know, customize it yourself, add audio from your own script and time it in. And before you know it, you have a really professional video um, that looks like it's been done by an agency. So, I think that's a great tool. Um, other ones that I suggest, I recently started working on a couple of ones with the nonprofits. In twos is new enough, but they're working with a lot of nonprofits. They've actually just signed up Helen back and in Ireland. But they're brilliant for fundraising and donations and events for charities. So I definitely I definitely suggest for people to go on and look at them because we found them like it's just a seamless experience. Like it really is. The staff are amazing. Another one for charities or other businesses. We've um, recently actually in Migraine Ireland, we've created, well, we've signed up, bought a platform as such for patients with migraine in Ireland because there's over 600,000 people with migraine in Ireland to have their own private platform where they can post, comment, talk about migraine, but where we can give them the most up-to-date information. So it's like their own social media platform, but private and secure. And that's called Mighty Networks. And with Mighty Networks, it allows you, like say if you're even in the trade industry or you wanted all your customers to chat together, you can set them up on this and allow them to go in. It's like a forum in a sense, but a more segmented forum to your industry or your brand. So I think that's really interesting as well. Other than that, like majority of the time, I, I do use a lot of Adobe because 
a lot of graphic design comes from that, like Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign and After Effects for video. Um, and then Canva for social media. I just think that's really handy and great to use. So the other ones above would probably be the newest ones that I'd suggest to people to look at if it, you know, if it makes sense for them to. Yeah. And some of those suggestions are, are brilliant. Um, and are you from Thanks. your current line of work? Is there anything you're looking to upskill into and why? Yeah, I suppose like, you know, there's always, there's always so many things to learn really and digital marketing never stops. But my main thing, like I'd always worked in communications and content creation, but I really wanted to, you know, I suppose become an expert in a way in the PR side of things because I found that really interesting. So since I started in Migraine Ireland, I have been trying to learn everything about PR because I'm trying to get them as much coverage as possible. Obviously, with the Teenagers Book of Life, I wanted to get that as Teenage Book of Life, should I say. I wanted to get as much coverage for that as well. So that that became my biggest interest as well in the last year. So I feel like I kind of have a good grasp of that now and I'm really enjoying just, yeah, I suppose like gaining contacts in PR and coming up with, you know, like learning that the title, it's all in the title really, you know, too. like, like again, it's like that title in a social media post or title anywhere. That's what hooks someone to want to share your actual, your press release. So that's what I'd be focusing on for the next while. But I do have some nice projects coming up that I'm excited to work on. I'm just giving myself till the end of August to build my own website. And I have a bit of art that I've been doing off the back of the teenager's book of life because it brought me back to my childhood and I've just been enjoying doing art. So I'm going to set up a little shop for myself there as well. So that's my main kind of thing. This, this project that I'll be working on, it'd be, it'd be a very big website build. You know, there's account management, there's booking systems, there's going to be consultation systems. Uh, there's a lot to it. So it will be a nice big challenge, a big enough challenge for me, Tom. <laughs> that's brilliant. No, no, and that's fantastic. And um, looking at the digital industry as a whole, it might be linked. Is there anything that really excites you that might be coming down the line? Um, I suppose, I suppose, like you know, I don't know enough about it, but the NFT side is really interesting. Um, I don't know whether you know, I don't know if you've been looking into that too much, or like you know, I know we're all just here in NFT digital and. You know, they're crying out for graphics because people are buying NFTs like they're going out of fashion, even though it's only new. But it is really interesting to see what direction that's going to go in, because like AI, everyone was like, you know, that's not going to happen or, you know, like, what are they going to use it for? But now we're starting to see what they can use it for, you know. Yeah. Um, and then with NFTs, I seen, I think it was Gary V. he'd said, he'd said something about Hollywood filmmakers would be able to send a script through an NFT or something like that, that they don't have to be in Hollywood and things like that. So it might be really interesting what comes of that in a marketing sense or a digital marketing sense other than graphics. Yeah, it, it is an interesting space. I think the big one that really interests me is is things like uh, concerts and stadium tickets and stuff. Because yeah. if, if a stadium applied NFTs to, let's say, their... their um, let's say they created an NFT for every seat of a season ticket of a stadium. And at the beginning of the season, you get distributed out your tickets. Uh, when you go to scan going in the stadium, it's kind of like a, you know, like a, an airline flight that you scan in and out of. Yeah. Kind of burns on the, on the blockchain. So it goes after you've used it in, in a, it's marked as used. 
But um, the good thing about that then is you could get rid of touts and all those kind of other sites because you set the fee and you get the fee. And then every time it's resold, the stadium gets a percentage of the fee because that's the big thing, I think, with the NFT space is um, if an artist creates something, they'll get 10% of the resale value. So traditionally artists, let's say you're the biggest artist you can think of in the world, your Picassos and things like that, mm. they would have commissioned their paintings for, let's say, let's say, for example, 500 euros at the time and they created it. Then that piece went on to become millions because of their profile and whatnot. In an NFT lands, because of the utility and the back end of the smart contract, they would get 10% of the resales all the way up. Yeah. So it's always benefits from it. So it's an interesting space. It's not been worked out, uh, to say the least, but definitely it, it, I, I do think it's for the likes of ourselves to understand it and learn it, and then we apply it to business. And, you know, yeah. you can do things like loyalty and stuff in it. But, yeah, it's, it's an interesting space. It'll be interesting to see how the next two years play out for the space, I think. Yeah, no, that's actually really interesting, those two things you said, because it's nearly like a more direct route to market, really, isn't it? And like that it cuts out um yeah i suppose the fluff like yeah that's really interesting yeah 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 and that's exactly what it's for um and hazel my last question is mm -hmm. always the same question i ask on the show um which is if you could bottle up one personality trait you have yourself that you could pass on to others what would it be um, I had to have a good think about this one. It's always, I think it's always weird when people are talking about their own personality, isn't it? It's hard to think. But someone said to me recently, a client actually said, I gave you a call because, um, you know, I know I can trust that you'll say what you're, that you're going to do what you say you do. So I'd say my personality and it kind of did ring a bell me going, actually, yeah, I do. And I do try and, I do try and never let people down. If I, if I can't do something, I'd rather be direct. So I'd say my number one personality trait is that I do always do what I say I'll do and I actually that stemmed from the lighting company the managing director Mick Slane um in Robus he always had that around the building like as a, an abbreviation so I think that stuck <laughs> but I suppose that is my best one because I, I don't um I don't let people down or I like to meet a deadline that's brilliant that's a brilliant way to end the show Hazel <laughs> thank you so much for being interviewed oh thanks uh, so much Tom everyone listen loves what you had to say and now i really appreciate it and if anyone's listening check out hazel's instagram check out her site um she's a brilliant freelance marketer uh thanks very much tom and i really appreciate you having me on